Hello. Hello. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? <laughs> Fine. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Do you want me to match your energy? Would that be helpful to you? Am I a high or low energy today? No, you're very professional. And so ah, good. yes. Please uh, match that. And uh, yeah, that would be excellent. Welcome to KW Match That, the <laughs> low energy <laughs> FM station. That's right. We're not on your dial, but we are in your mind. There you go. Hi. 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 Of course, it is one minute after the hour of nine. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> you know, you hear about Wolfman Jack. Was there, was there a Frankenstein Jack and a Dracula Jack? You know, I shouldn't prepare material for the show. No, I like it when you do. I like it when the yeah. shows are very prepared. And uh, yes, that's my I'm point. underprepared this week, but my heart is open. Um, I did have an idea. I was kind of hoping we had Headspace as a sponsor this week because I have a really good way to pivot off of a Headspace ad read and make it sound like I'm doing something straight off the dome. Mm-mm. So later on, if you want to pretend that we have like a five second long Headspace ad read, uh, they're not paying for this. We're not being compensated for this. No, but we could do so it. It's a mean, valuable they'll, rug. They'll appreciate it. You think so? They seem nice. Um, I had that. I have a little bit of follow up material. What's uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Oh man, I was gonna ask I, about your prepping. I was mm. going to ask about your climate. Um, yeah, I mean, I can talk. I can talk to you. Those talk about things. whatever you. We talk about whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to try to be a good listener for the first time in my life. Okay. Oh. What are you having? What are you having? You cracking a bevy? Yeah, this is the 365 lime sparkling water that I drink. Oh man, now. you know what? You're like sound as a pound. Oh, I can mm. always count on you. Also, remind me to circle back and uh, to talk about the new seltzer dingus. Because I, I, I mentioned it last week, and I do want to talk about the seltzer dingus. Well, let's do Let's jump right in and talk about that right away, straight let's off the top. Let's jump in. Let's do it now. Um, yeah, do it live. It, it's too... <laughs> it's still funny. That and the loofah bit. The loofah bit was good, too. Mm-hmm. It was good on loofah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, everybody. It's your old pal Merlin Man uh, coming at you uh, live. Uh, not, I mean, on live now, <laughs> don't count on it forever, you know, don't count your podcasters and, you know, till they're deceased, mm. is what they always say. Mm-hmm. I think that's from Leviticus, one of the, one of the <laughs> Pentateuch, the Pentateuch. Yeah, no, that is uh, what it's from, for sure. Uh, you know what, it's a dumb way to start, but I will. Uh, I, this, I, I did a very embarrassing thing that I do, I'm going to say at least four or five times a year, which is, um... I'm going to skip part one and go to part two because it's always part two with me. I say to somebody, oh my God, you've got to check this thing out. Now see, I'm sure I've done this with you and I know for sure as of last week that I've done it with my friend Alexandra, which is somebody says to me, you got to, I say to somebody, hey, you got to check this thing out. And they say, they say, they say to me, they say, what thing? And then I say something like, oh, that German TV series Dark or whatever. And that person goes, I think I'm the one that told you about that. And then you know what I say? I go, huh. I say, you're probably right. So it turns out that uh, I had learned about this from my friend Alexandra, yeah. and I feel bad because then I told them about it, and I felt like kind of a tool, but I'm going to share it with people anyway. I've been meaning for one month now to send this to uh, a friend of the show, John Gruber, because it's straight up all of our alley. Um, may I give a, a brief historical summary? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We require one, I think. Okay, okay. Um, so I enjoy fizzy water, much like the 365 lime, probably 12 ounce. Fluid ounces, mm-hmm. fluid that you're having right now. I love the fizzy water. And I, I'm, I don't know exactly where it started, but at some point I started enjoying fizzy water. Let's jump in at the point of probably in the f- early days of this podcast, which is I would, I would talk about the SodaStream family of products. Now, SodaStream is pretty cool, especially if you're pro-Palestine. Um, but you get a th- SodaStream, and a SodaStream is this, you get a tank of CO2. Okay, like a, a one liter or two liter. I think all they do now is that. Not, but they do the small size now. I don't think they even do the big size anymore. But anyway, you put it into their, their patented dingus, and it has a nipple that extends. And then you put that into one of their patented bottles of cold, chilled water, and you go, and you're carbonating the water. Right, right? yes. Now, there's a lot of benefits to this. Um, amongst those benefits, uh, you know, you don't, have, you don't have can or bottle clutter. But, you know, but it is kind of a pain in the butt a little bit. It's real noisy. 
But you could fizz it as hard as you want. Again, a nice Benny right there. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you do have to get these canisters. And then you trade in the canisters. Now, if you buy yourself one of those big-ass canisters, I think even the small-ass canisters, that's $14.99 American plus $14.99 if you're not bringing in a replacement, the way you used to trade in bottles back in the day. Mm-hmm. And you got these big, heavy canisters of stuff. If you're like me and you're a super carbonator, it's kind of a pain. I assume you all know what I'm talking about here. You got SodaStream, you, it's, it's, but it's good. It's good. And you can get a bunch of the bottles. You have a bunch of, uh, you know, a b- bunch of uh, pre-done, pre-carbonated bottles, you know, on standby. Now, at some point, like so many things in my life, I sort of fell off that probably because of happenstance. And then I ended up going mostly all in on cans. Mm. Now, big benefit here, you get, you know, you don't have to make your own water. So to speak, you don't have to spend a penny. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But on the other hand, now you do have you're having you're paying for somebody to deliver water and aluminum to your house. Right. Which is weird if you think about it. Well, it's not as weird as paper towels, but we're gonna we're gonna uh, skip that for now. The the idea of having paper around paper in paper delivered on a truck is a bad idea. Bad on me. Do you but, not use um, uh, paper towels? Is that not a thing that you? Do I not use paper towels? Mm-hmm. Dan, the latest reminder that I gave myself with my HomePod device was, yeah. hey, Dingus, remind me to buy another paper towel holder for the office, because that would be three. I realized there's a third location. Never go with a hippie to a second location. Never take a paper towel to a third location. I realized I want a third paper towel, because you know me, you know me. Where should the trash be? The trash should be wherever my hand drops and wants something to go. When I grab a paper towel, if I had to do more than a few steps to get to that, that's wasted effort. Mm-hmm. I love me a paper towel. I get the brownie, 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 brownie's a camera or a treat, brownie, and I get those weird tear off ones. Yeah. Or like you could do halves or quarters. Yeah. The, the pick, pick a size, they call it, right? Pick a size. Pick a I size. enjoy, I, I have very strong feelings about paper towels and toilet paper, excuse me, bathroom tissue. I would be more than happy to discuss this. Long story short, quilted northern or you're living a lie. But I love paper towels and I enjoy seltzer. So then you, you pay the man in the brown truck or, or, or they to, to bring they paper towels or, or seltzer. And that's, that seems kind of wasteful, but boy, is it easy. Um, don't love having a big pile of aluminum I need to recycle. Um, because at this point, recycling is a jam up. Don't want to get into it. Hey, um, is there any chance you want to tell me about something you like? We would like to say thank you very much to Matt.com. This is a, such a fun, cool website. Basically, they have a single item, steeply discounted, every day. And every day the item is different. And they have it until the clock strikes 12 a.m. Eastern Time, and that's all you've got to buy it. And then they come out with the next thing. So every single day, there's some kind of really, really crazy good deal on something. And it's typically something that's awesome that you didn't even really know that you wanted. So you have got a choice when you go there. Click the buy it button or click the meh button. And you'll get an even more uh, satisfying shopping experience, which is abstention, of course. So you repeat as desired every single day. And that's what I do. I go there every single day and you never know what you're going to get today. As I'm reading this, they have, uh, something that is, uh, it's, it's weird. It's called the kangaroo home security motion sensor. (laughs) And, uh, they've got a pack of four for 20 bucks. Normally it's 60 bucks, right? That's the kind of thing that they have. And sometimes you can go back in time and see other things if they come back, but it's really cool. And they have so much fun with it and they make it so much fun for you to go and see. They talk about it with a great sense of humor. There's a really, really funny community that goes on and people who have all kinds of really great comments. It's worth your time. I look at this every single morning when I get to the studio. It's one of the first websites that I look at. And uh, these guys have supported this here for a long time. So go to meh, M-E-H, meh.com slash Dan, and uh, you can go and check out everything that they have here, meh.com slash Dan, and go see what's there. Thanks very much to meh for making this show possible. Thanks, meh. Buck, buck. Now, that's a little bit of history. You mm-hmm. go with what works for you and for your, for your, for your household. Uh, I believe it was Alexandra who turned me on to the thing that I'm about to tell you about. And what's funny is 
It's like something old, something new. This is something that you have seen. Okay, so before the modern times in the Seltzerzoic era title, in the Seltzerzoic <laughs> era, if I said to you, Seltzer, say when you were a teen, don't overthink it. First thought that comes to your head when I say to you the word Seltzer, what's the first thought? The first thing that I think of when you say the word what's Seltzer. What's your childhood and beyond impression of when somebody talks about Seltzer? What is, your, what is in your mind's eye? I'm imagining that old-fashioned seltzer dispenser sitting up on a bar in a way that you might make a Tom Collins or a martini type Would you say situation. it's the kind of thing that a clown squirts water with? Yeah, that thing. That thing. It's like the you know old-fashioned container thing with the little handle that sticks out the side. Guess what? I have oh. discovered that. You have one? I've discovered this. I need to find the brand name for the device that I've got. I probably put it in notes last week. Well, while I'm looking that up, Dan, would you please tell our listeners where would they find... Show notes for episode 521 of your Back to Work program? 521? They're going to just go to backtowork.limo slash 521. Yeah, quit screwing around. Just go. Ding, dang, dong. Maybe let me go look at the Dubai Friday notes. Dubai Friday is a podcast I do with uh, Alex Cox. You, you can check it out. It's at dubaifriday.com. I can't tell you what our Patreon link is because it has an F-bomb in it. Um, uh, Let me go check on here. So here's the deal. I'll give you the brand name in a second, but here's how this thing works. So everybody out there, imagine Krusty the Clown, hey, hey, and he's squirting you with the seltzer and whatnot, right? You with me so far, everybody? Mm -hmm. I swear to God, I, I must have it in here. Here's how this thing works. This is in some ways, depending on your POV, either the best or possibly worst of both worlds. Here's the way this works. Now, I'm going to tell you, this thing's a little bit costly to buy. I, um, it, it's, it's a little more than you might want to spend, but I think in the end... If you amortize this over your seltzer life, I feel like this might be, in the end, one of the most uh, low-key and economical things you can do. Dan, are you familiar with the concept of uh, what we in Florida used to call a whippet? Are you aware of what those are? I have two understandings of the term whippet. The first one Please is... Please give me all of them. Okay. All of them. <clears throat> the first one is a small version of a greyhound. Mm. Which oh time yes yeah and and they're they're whippets teacup race dog yeah and I uh, my I there was a guy that used to walk in the neighborhood with his whippet and the first time that I saw it I said hey is that like a baby greyhound or something and he said no it's a whippet and I said what's that and he said it's like a baby greyhound and uh, see uh, it's, typical its mm -hmm. name was Goshi and is that uh, the alligator uh, from Mario I no that's that's Yoshi. And that's, that's a little, um, little racist. He's like a dinosaur, but right. uh, this was Goshi. So that's the first kind of whippet. That's, that's that a I sweet know name about. for a little dog. The second kind of whippet that I know about, and and this is where my second lack hand. of second knowledge hand. of like eighties, nineties drug culture ends, okay. is I don't know if a whippet is when you inhale the stuff that's in the uh, cool that you know the the whippet topping stuff when you inhale that. Or if it somehow involves something with a balloon. Okay, that, this is interesting. This is like, it's like, what's that guy's name? Eric Singer, the guy who does the accents uh, for the Wired videos. You know, different parts of the country, you call it a bag, a sack, a poke, what have you. Now, when I say whip it, uh, friend of the show, John Roderick, I believe, thinks of going into the Ralph's or the Wegmans or the whatnot uh -huh. and getting you, uh, uh, what's the name brand? The name brand is uh, Ready Whip. And like, going, right. and sucking off the, mm, sucking off the top down outside the tasty freeze mm -hmm. and <laughs> what's happening there is you're getting no2 you're getting nitrous oxide nitrous the kind oxide of stuff, the same stuff that stuff dr yap would give you yeah yeah and the same the same stuff that in little shop of horrors that um that uh, steve martin's dentist character was constantly okay inhaling. oh interesting and now okay. I, I have done nitrous oxide but i did it within uh, a medical setting when i was having some dental work done. Well, I mean, Dan, everything's medical if you're sick enough. <laughs> um, but like, let's say, uh, it let's was say great. I will say college and Merlin, you, it was, you wanna, it was a great high. to Susie and the Banshees. Mm -hmm. And so, so what you do is you get a Whippet and a Whippet is this little canister. It looks kind of like a butt thing, but it's like a little dirigible, mm. very small. And a mm -hmm. Whippet, you put that into what I believe, I don't know, I've never, a cracker. And let's say you had a, like a nice brass cracker like daddy did. You put like a child, a child's play punch balloon on there. You fill it up and then you inhale it. And then you dance to uh, the 12 inch remix of Cities and Dust by Susie and the Banshees. <laughs> oh, uh -huh. y'all city lies and dust, <laughs> my friend. So have you, have you and enjoyed everything gets the real whippets? slow. 
and happy for a while. Is that something that was popular in your circles back in the day? Me and my friend Chris found it very popular. Yeah. Didn't have to be, it could also be, uh, also the cramps. We would uh, slam dance to the cramps in our dorm room, the two of us with whippets. Um, Can I ask oh, you uh, some more ma- questions? The band magazine featuring about Howard whippets? DeVoto. Can I ask you some yes. questions? Um, yes, you there, please. Are are they are there bad side effects associated with the with doing that? Um, numerous. Yeah, especially if you're the sort of person like me who who like all of the Florida drugs. Title. Mm-hmm. So oh, this is going to include oh, way ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to include your nitrous oxide whippets. Certainly. Now, depending on where you're from, it's a lot like what people say, like Eric Singer, who does the videos for Wired, would say, you call it a bag of sack of poke. Do you call it locker room? Do you call it rush? Do you call it amyl nitrate? It depends which bathhouse you're in and whether you're listening to Susan the Banshees or possibly magazine featuring Howard DeVoto, who used to be in the Buzzcocks. Point being, you get this little little thing, right? And so I liked all those drugs. Now, downside, Dan, nitrous oxide, I'm not a scientist, but I'm pretty sure it does bad stuff to your brain. Right? Like you think about now, think about the rush. And I have a wonderful anecdote I told many times about doing rush at an ACDC concert right before the cannons went off. Um, I think that was Hickson, Curtis Hickson Hall, might have been Lakeland. And um, you got to be careful, Dan. You got to be careful. Also, would you please put a pin in this? Uh, if they are the same standard in size, what would happen if you made the equivalent of seltzer except with nitrous oxide? Because I think I might it might be about to become a millionaire. <laughs> so, uh, are is this a are they addictive the um the whippets? Um, I would say I, I mean I can, I can only speak for myself. That was uh, like, like real talk. Jokes have left the room. Uh, whippets were a thing I would do rarely. I I want I doubt I well you know what it is. It's like a lot of things where you do it for a little while and then you don't for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So that's hard to amortize, a word I've now used twice. But I would say I rarely more than, you know, a couple times a year. Because you, you can feel that it's not good for you. You know what I mean? You can tell it's, that. I do feel like that. Like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, maybe it's like Scotch Guard or Sniffing Glue or something where you're like, oh, no, I'm going to be in a black and white photo in a health book. I can just feel it. Like, gross. I shouldn't be doing this. This is bad. You know? Um, it's autoerotic, but not erotic. You mm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you get that little thing and it's just this little, uh, you can look it up and see what this thing looks like. So here's what the deal is. So the one I found it, the one I got, and this is 80 bucks, which seems, which is a lot for this, but it's beautiful. It's in show notes. The band, or the band, Jesus Christ, too many whippets. ISI is the brand name. EC, probably EC classic mesh soda maker for making carbonating beverages, one quart stainless steel Mm -hmm. brand is EC North America. It's real pretty, and it comes in cool retro packaging. And if you would click on that in show notes, I would like to know, do you agree with me that that is essentially a Krusty the Clown-style seltzer shooter? I'm looking right now. He's clicking? Clicking. I'm I'm mousing over, clicking on the link. All right, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing do. I'm here's talking about. That's the thing right now, there. Now, this is not... So if, if, if you were like me, and I hope you weren't, if you were like me at the height of my soda stream mania, where I would be going through several bottles of this a day, but part of the problem is you get a one liter soda stream bottle. Mm-hmm. You, you fill it up with cold water, mm. you fizz it up yum, and then eat, between being an addict and a beverage abandoner, you drink more of that, quote unquote, drink more of that than you normally would because you want a new, fresh, super zesty one. You're chasing the dragon, you know? So if you're a super high volume soda drinker, or if it's something like multiple, multiple people want, this may not be your jam. If you are the main consumer of seltzer in your area and uh, you want a like pretty low key, easy way to do this, here's what you do. You buy one of these clown canisters, you fill it up with water or you have separately chilled water. It's very important the water be cold. As you'll remember from the SodaStream days, the water should be very, very cold to catch a good fizz. So here's what you do. You get this thing. So like I say, it's this bottle, this clown bottle. It's got some uh, some scientific looking nozzle things on the top. Mm-hmm. Nozzle top, as you hear people say. <laughs> yes, that's just... <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's really good. Thank you. Thank you. 
and also with you. And then there's this <laughs> straw-like thing that goes down to, to where the bottom of the inside of the bottle is. Now, you fill this up with water. There's a little, little uh, turny cap on the side. So you see, the, you see the spigot thing, you see the pulley thing, and then barely in the back there on the oblique, you see that little cap. You take off that cap, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you take out the thing that, and they really should mark these more clearly, I, I think, especially if you've got a teenager and a seltzer addict in the house, you would really want to cla- clarify which canisters are for what. You take your little CO2 butt plug, you pop it into here, and then their version of a cracker, you put over that, you screw that in. Now, here's what you do. That water's very cold, right? Here's the thing, Dan. Dan, did you ever do soda stream? Yeah, you got me turned on to the Soda Stream years ago, and then they—I did it all the time. I still have one, but, but I. But do you I recall? Used it. Like you're probably not as addicted as Gruber and I were, but like I was. Here's me. Here's okay. So I get the cold one liter. I go like this. And that second sound, I did three sets of two sounds. There's the of the air going in the CO2, mm-hmm. and then that is the farting sound that's saying, "Please, for the love of God, stop." You're, you're hurting me. You've put too much air into here. But it's a whole thing. It wakes up the baby. If the baby is sleeping, it's all very loud. Let's return to the EC classic set, mesh soda maker for making carbonating beverages, one course stainless steel. You put in your butt plug, you cover it with your cracker, you gently turn, and guess what? You ready for the sound? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. I remember Instantly. this. I remember all of this. No, no, now this is you... just one blast. Yeah. Okay, so now what do you do? Immediately. Shika, shika, shika. Oh, doctor, never in a million years would I do that with the soda stream I was making. That would technically be a munition. And then, then uh, you know, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and seltzer would show up at your place, knock down the door, and say, what's all this then? Now, with this, it's critical you shake. Super cold water, one blast of this stuff, and then a shake. And guess what? You just made seltzer. Now, arguably, one of the best parts. You ready for this? You, 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 t- you undo the cracker, right? You go counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. You remove the spent butt plug. And now you have a recyclable little cylinder. You just made a quart of 32 ounces, if memory serves. You made a quart of seltzer. And the waste you have to show for that is just the little spent whippet looking guy. Now, isn't that appealing? I mean, it sounds perfect. It sounds like the dream come true. Well, because even you don't have to go spend $30 on a refill, you buy a bunch of these for like, I think it's like a buck a piece. That's cheap. Yeah, exactly. And then for most people, for normal people, mm-hmm. that's going to be your seltzer probably for the day. Mm-hmm. Well, you go through two of those a day. Now, listen, as you know, I have, I have a spreadsheet for everything. Mm-hmm. I have amortized this via a spreadsheet. And that, oh, here's what I'm here to say. Bottom line, pivot table is a good deal. Now, I don't know what happened. You know what? I'm going to find out. The place down the street mm-hmm. that sells vape supplies. Mm-hmm. And who? who, who, who What's who the name vibes? of it? Tell me the name of it. They always have great um, names. I think it's totally legal just for tobacco industries.llc. <laughs> you know, like, like, just for tobacco. like, like, you can tell, they got vapor. the signs all over the place. This is just for tobacco. They always have the great names like Vapor Mist or, you know, the, oh, the, the vape, vape Place or. The Vape Place we, okay, like, I thought we were talking headshot. The Vape Place <laughs> we had down the street, which was then a tattoo boutique. What was it called? It was a terrible name. You know the way like Elaine Bennis makes fun of like how like you know orthopedic and like back stores always have like the stupidest names mm-hmm. or like hair mm-hmm. places. <laughs> I used to get my hair cut, cut it up. One, one place I got my hair cut was Head Shop. Ah. Another place, oddly enough, another and that was in Cincinnati. I also went to a place called Hairport, and then in Port Ritchie, more band at point depending on how you measure it. There was a place called Hair Vegas. <laughs> called Hair Vegas. <laughs> No. <laughs> Which is not even a, I mean, as my daughter, I used to say, say something to my daughter sometimes, and she'd say, that's not funny, that's not even a joke. No. Hair Vegas is not a thing. Oh, we have a place uh, here called- playing cards called, uh, painted called, on the- Called on the hair, hair It Is. Oh, you know, I had a fives about this. I'm bummed that you don't have ads, because I usually use that time to go and find things. I will find this. Vape World, um, Vape City, the Vape Escape, the Vape Shack, Vapor, oh, come on, vapor really? Lab, Vapor Caper. Vapeology. Uh, vapor, vapor. Wait, no, come on. Are you wait, are you are you doing an egg Megan Omram here? Oh, Omega. Did Puff. you already have those prepared? Ver, vertigo vape. Where where are you finding this? Vapor breath. Huh. Huh. Darth Vapor? That's gotta be you. Vaporize. Uh fa, this is uh January twenty third, two thousand six. Five places I've had my hair cut. <laughs> uh the head shop. 
That's Cincinnati, 1976. Hair Vegas, Port Ritchie, 1982. That can't be Hair Vegas. Hair Vegas. I bet it's still there. <laughs> I do uh, not allow it? it. The answer is uh, no. How about this? Uh, Tallahassee, 1996, Hair on Earth. Nope. Nope. Yep. Um, San Francisco, 2002, The Grateful Head. Around the, the Grateful corner Head. from... It's, you, you, you know <laughs> no, how, how you, no. Uh, I just, remember how I'm... I used to talk about um, uh, Two Cats Comics, the yeah, 320 uh, West Portal Avenue? Yes. This is two blocks away on West Portal. It's like West Portal and I want to say T-S-T-U-V, maybe Vicente? I'm not sure. Uh, oh, and then a really good one in the Castro I used to go to every six weeks. I think that's a good name. Every six weeks, because that's when you're supposed to get your haircut, Dan. Every six Let's find weeks. out if Hair Vegas is still around. Hair Vegas. There's a place around the corner from here uh, that sells sewing machines called So Much More. Oh, come on. That's fun. No. I hate Wait all of minute. these. I will the never, nine... I would never go to any one of these things. Hang on. <clears throat> I consider I, this... it offensive and I feel attacked. Say, wait, say all that again. The, what? The names of these places. They offend, they're oh, offensive. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Limited Liability Hair Vegas. Oh, and there's their LLC. Tammy Disbro. Tammy Disbro. A Wild Hair Vegas. A Wild Hair Vegas. That's in the titular Vegas. <laughs> Looks like Hair Vegas is, is an, is an uh, they're incorporated. Good for them. Huh. 25 years ago, 1995. Okay, I don't like looking at things like this. Okay, I'm closing that. Um, the head shop, that was in Northgate Mall, very near the Red Baron Arcade. We were talking about seltzer, and now we're 24 minutes in. So that's, you know, what I like about this, what I like is that, you know, I initially tried this as an adjunct to my can habits. You got to have a can-do attitude when you enjoy seltzer. Oh. You got to vape with the one... Who <laughs> vape the one you're with? Oh, that's uh, I know that that's Stephen Stills. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So he 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 uh, he, he uh, <laughs> God, I'm sorry. I was about to really cross the line. I was gonna say that like when you when you go to the restaurant that he owns with his brother, you can ask for your water to either be uh, uh, Stephen Stephen Stills or or Stephen Mineral. Mm. Um, so Grateful Head. And, um, what I like about that though, is that, so like, let's say I'm going to, cause sometimes, especially during these trying times now more than ever, like you can't get stuff. Like you remember for a while they talked about this, how it was going to be hard to like, like lots of canned beverages were going to suffer in the times of, um, COVID because there was not enough aluminum. There was not enough like water, I guess, not enough CO2. Like there were all these problems. Mm -hmm. And I saw that reflected a few months later where my beloved Canada Dry 8-pack got harder and harder to get, fell back on the Safeway Signature Seltzer, which is fine. But then sometimes you run out of seltzer. Now, here's, here's the thing. You got this bottle and you got one little pack of uh, CO2 whippets and you're, all, you're a few minutes away from water anytime, fizzy water. Isn't that kind of nice? And then you just recycle the butt plug. La, la, la. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I say butt plug, it's not a sex thing. No. It's a medical device. <laughs> it could be covered by Medicare. Uh -huh. Hi, we cover we cover hearing aid batteries. Hmm. Uh, br 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 I did kind of have a topic. What were we going? So anyway, do you have do you have any questions or comments, Dan? What do you you you're 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 cool with the three six five lime, and you just get that in probably a twelve pack. Yeah, I think that's what it comes in a tw 12, 24, You know, whatever they sell it in, I grab it and I, I get a lot of it. I get as much of it as I can fit. Oh, I really enjoy it. I'll cycle. I'll cycle a little bit. Like right now I'm having a Canada Dry because it's back in stock and I'm having a, um, a Tiemann's low acid uh, coffee. Now I have a question for you that's unrelated yes, to this, either. but I, I want to mm -hmm. say this on the air because I'm hopeful that a listener will be able to chime in. I have a Twitter account that I made many years ago. It's still there and I want to reclaim it, but... When I go to reclaim it, apparently whatever email address is on file for it is long gone. Does that just mean it's gone? Or is there someone who still works at Twitter listening who's like, nah, I can, I can, I can get you back to that? And I don't know how that works. I've had some kind of sort of experience with a couple different sides of that. Uh, my sense is that like, it. Uh, okay, so I think one of the questions is what happens to a Twitter handle 
What are the conditions under which a Twitter handle might go away? It's there. Oh, it's there. I can look at it right now. It's it's very much. But you there. can't log in. I just can't, can't log in because I I don't well, know that's what why, the password. That's why I phrased it in that way. Because yeah. my sense is that if there's somebody who signed up in 1978 and never used, you know, you take somebody like was it Tontek or you take somebody like oh no oh no who's our who's our good friend who has a one letter name oh my gosh I'm spacing on it'll come to me in a minute but if you got one of those great like especially like a one letter. Like those are very hot. Those are accounts that get hacked. Those are, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Or my friend, uh, my friend at TED, who gets a lot of stuff for conferences and the Texas man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think there might be some process by which it can go away. Like if somebody else wants it, I know that you can dispute. I believe you can dispute a Twitter name, especially if it's disused. Is, it, is this really just a way of saying, if you work at Twitter, please help me? No, I mean, I would, I would love to figure it out on my own, but... You're just asking the question. I'm just asking the question. You know how it goes. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so any, if anybody knows, um, let us yeah, know. Let but us it know. seems to me that if you... So, oh, so, so you go in and you say, you, maybe you, hit, you mesh on forgot password, and it's not... It's, it, it wants it, to send an email to an email address that I also don't have the password for. <laughs> oh, but it is a, is it a, a email address you recognize? I mean, I'll, I'll dive because this is super not critical to like my life. Um, it was a Yahoo uh, email account. That's how long ago this was. And wow. I have no idea, no idea how to get the password back to that. I mean, and what's Yahoo, weird is when I go to Yahoo yeah. and I log in as or try to log in and I click their forgot password, it says it literally, it says, uh oh. We can't sign you in right now. Please try going again Yahoo in a while. Is like, it, it's, like, it's like your own personal electronic who's on first. Huh. Like It starts with going to Flickr and it goes, oh, Flickr. Well, that's not a, you can't use that anymore. You got to use this. And you got to use that. It goes, oh, don't you mean you want to use this? And it goes around and around and around. And then you get some kind of a weird challenge. Right. And it's like, it's, that can be really hard to get back. Hey, if anybody out there works at Twitter, knows somebody who works at Twitter, uh, you can, he's Dan, Dan Benjamin. And uh, let, let him know uh, how you can help him. Yeah, something like that. Whatever. 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 Now, that's an do. account I have not used in a long time. Yeah. Dan Benjamin. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that one is uh, idle. Remember, that's got a photograph of you with your Les Paul. You remember that? Yeah, I do. God, I used to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one thing um, I wanted to talk about, a little follow-up, <clears throat> fake follow-up, as you say, uh, hmm. regarding some of the movies that I've been watching Oh, with perfect. my son. So as you remember, we were on a little bit of a uh, prep school kind of thing. So we watched Dead Poets Society and then we watched Scent of a Woman, which he enjoyed. But the main reason that I wanted to show him Scent of a Woman was so that I could introduce him, um, uh, well, to to some of the cast of that movie. Uh, some of the cast, of course, that he, he knew. Of course, he knew Al Pacino already. But I wanted to introduce him. Was Chris, what's his name in that? Chris, the, Chris the, O'Donnell. The Robin? Yeah. Yes, right, right, yes, right. he's in it. Okay. Um, but more importantly, and perhaps most importantly, Philip Seymour Hoffman. P-S-H. And he's, God, he's great. such a wonderful actor. I love his stuff. So I love his work. I love everything that I he's forgot, I always done. forget how good he was in Hunger Games. I forget, sometimes I forget he's in a movie. Yeah. Like obviously, I know he's in Boogie Nights or, you know, Synecdoche, New York. But I, I forget, like he's like even in Hunger Games, like he elevates the, those movies. So following that, we went from Scent of a Woman to the talented Mr. Ripley, mm-hmm. to the Big Lebowski, and that is I've never seen that, but that's that's PSH, and that is Matt Damon. Um, no, 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 Jude Law, Jude Law, Matt Damon, and uh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman are all in that. And then we did watch the Big Lebowski, so he's seen that now. Who's the lady in that? Is it is Gwyneth Paltrow in that? Uh, no. Gwyneth Paltrow is in it. She's the main uh, love interest for Jude Law's character, Dickie. And also in it is mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett, or Blanchett, as you are oh, fond of man, saying. Oh, man, as I say. She's oh, Kate Blanchett. And you could take any movie and put her in it, and it's a thousand times better, even if she's- 100%. Yeah. We just rewatched Ragnarok last week. Oh, Again, yeah. I forget she's in that. She's yeah. amazing. She has a cameo in Hot Fuzz. She's amazing. She's a great- now you, I don't want to take you off your thing, but you, you showed him the Big Lebowski. You think he's ready? Not not F word wise, but like thematically, did you, you showed him Big Lebowski? Oh, well, yeah, we watched it. And I had I had built it up for a long time, and I gave him the the talk where you're going to see it the first time. You're not really going to know what just happened to you. 
I feel normally I don't like doing things like that, Dan, on the reg, but mm-hmm. it's so important to say to people, the first thing you need to understand, it's going to be viewing 27 before this becomes mm-hmm. nearly as important to you mm-hmm. as it is to me. First one's going to be weird. Two through four are going to be confusing. Mm-hmm. Five, you think you're into it, then you fall back. It's going to take you into the double digits before you really understand what you're watching. Very true. And I think that was his experience. And he, he you know, like there's a thing that, that's there with your kids for those, uh, for those people who are maybe not parents, they're just trust me on this, but for the parents out there, they, they, there is very much a thing where you, you know that your kids inherently don't want to let you down. And it's not like, it's not like you would ever want them to feel like they had let you down unless they like fail to do their homework and then fail to do the makeup homework and then fail to do the, second chance to do the makeup homework and then tell you that they can't get into RenWeb because they don't know what their password is, even though you know that they know what their password is because it's written on the post-it note right next to their computer. Shame starts developing very early in everybody. We can find plenty of ways to beat ourselves up. So if, you know, he knew that this is like one of my favorite movies. And so there Mm -hmm. was certainly a part of him who was wanting to love the movie at odds Mm -hmm. with the fact that Nobody understands the movie the first time they see it, um, and and so There's I had funny bits. I'll bet in particular the Brant stuff made him laugh. The Brant stuff. He loved the Brant stuff. He loved. He loves uh, Jesus. He loves the Jesus. He loved the car smashing scene, of course. But there was a <laughs> lot. There was a he partway through the movie. He's like, I don't really understand what's going on. And I'm like that. You don't have to understand what's going on. Because but you would there's... want to say to him like, like when I was when I was in my 20s, one of my favorite movies. I eventually read the novel, but one of my favorite old movies was The Big Sleep with Humphrey Bogart. Um, is that the one I'm thinking of? But one of the, like Raymond Chandler-ish ones. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, it, it's one of those. I believe it's The Big Sleep, but it's one where if you really think about it, it does. The plot does not make any sense. It's one of those movies where like, not even like Bootstrap Paradox, like satisfying, but as in like, well, and not even as in like French, you know, drawing room farce, Mm -hmm. Gene Siskel, like there's been one mix up and now people are getting divorced. Not even in that way, but more in the way of like, no, no, these aren't plot holes. Like that is the plot is a hole. It makes no (laughs) sense. But guess what? That's a lot of noir movies. Mm -hmm. Noir movies are very twisted. I, I would recommend Double Indemnity. I think that's a very satisfying noir. Okay. Or you could do the one where the guy got drugged. That's a really good one, uh, DOA. But, you know, I, I know you know this, but The Big Lebowski is having fun with several genres. Yes. But one of the primary genres is, is it's a send-up of noirs. Absolutely. Don't you agree? Like, the whole, like, there's been a mix-up, and now somebody is stuck and having to figure something out mm-hmm. that gets more and more complicated and difficult to, you know, get out of. And it's one thing if that's Humphrey Bogart, but you take the most abiding man, possibly the laziest man in Los Angeles, which is saying something. <laughs> For that person to be stuck in a mystery where he has to like leave the house and do things, it's a noir. It's basically a noir. Well, so so at what point? I guess around the point probably that Maud comes in, it gets a, it gets extra, or like when you get the nihilists, like that must get pretty confusing. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of things, and of course, I'm the kind of um, I'm the kind of person that I, you know, I don't appreciate talking during the movie. So what I told him was, I said, "Listen, we're going to watch this whole thing, and yeah, let it wash over you like a Christopher Nolan movie." Yes, and and then we'll watch it a second time where we can talk as much as you want, answer all the questions. So that's maybe even happening. Oh, instead tonight. of director commentary, you're doing viewer commentary. But I like that. what's great about it is he's already quoted from the movie. Um. And he was talking about something and he had kind of like lost track of his point that what he was saying. And he says, well, I'm rambling again. (gasps) Oh my God. I've never been so (laughs) proud in my whole life. Like, like the whole car lit up, like the sun was shining and I just gave him the biggest high five. I'm like, you just like made my whole day by saying that (laughs) because that's not something I've ever quoted to him. No, no, no. And, uh, and he, but pretty soon he's going to be like with the rest of us where he won't even have control. And you just say things like phones ringing, dude. I say phones ringing, dude to him. (laughs) I say that all the time, all the time. And I, (laughs) what I've been using it as is when he'll ask, like he'll ask. So dad, you, you said if we can figure out how to turn turn off the nudity, you'll let me get cyberpunk. Right. And I'm like, yes. And like 30 minutes later, he's like, but you're still, if we can find out a way to turn off the nudity, I can get it, right? And I'll just say, phone's ringing, dude. 
<laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Because yeah, wrong. he just, it's, you know, but he's getting it. He's getting into the, the whole thing. And there was, you know, if you think it's a about feel. it. The movie really is. It's so much a, about a, a feel. It is. Like, it's all about the feel. Thing is the thing the, is, the, the Coen brothers, again, who have a lot of fun with noir themes, like noir plus a genre send up. Like there's tons of their movies. Back to, I want to say what, Blood Simple? Like all the way back, noirs and you could just call it, say, mysteries. But noirs had a certain feel to them. It's just that theirs aren't in black and white. And a lot of, if I were going to try and, in a really dumb way, sum up a lot of their career to somebody in terms of like, well, what do these guys do? Well, they take, they, they love genres the way somebody like Edgar Wright loves genres. They love genres. It's just that they'll take, a, they'll do a genre take on a noir. And that's a ton of what they do, like mm -hmm. Barton Fink. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a, sur like a surreal yes. or magically real noir, like in some ways. Uh, you've got like, uh, what's, the, what's the one... Uh, um, um, an honest man, or what's that one called? Um, you know what I want? I mean, the oh, one... with Michael Douglas? No, no. Well, then the I have game. no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, you know the one with that with uh, I think uh, Fred Melamed's in it. But anyway, so even the famous ones, you take Fargo. Like, mm -hmm. but they're all like they're 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 genre or they're genre ish noir things. I think they've got that in their bones. It's just that with Big Lebowski, man, that's talk about a blank check movie because he just come off Fargo at that point, right? Yes. And like there was Oscars aplenty for Fargo. And then he comes out with the Big Lebowski and it's like, everybody's like, what is this? Yeah, what is it? Yeah. So we well, took it's got a John Goodman and Steve Buscemi, so it can't be all bad. And, we and Emmett Walsh, the famous, that is the titular Ebert's line. I think he said, I'm going to paraphrase something like, any movie that has Emmett Walsh or uh, Harry Dean Stanton can't be all bad. But like he, he did- He's got the head in one hand- <laughs> I'm spherical. Mother scratcher. I'm so, mother scratcher. So he, but <laughs> government he, do take a bite, don't Merlin, you? he did pick up on some of the subtleties of, uh, of the movie <gasps> really? in, in a sense of like when Donnie does not throw a strike, he looked over at me. He's like, something's going to happen. I was like, keep watching. But like the little, the little details he picked up. on. So I was very, I was very impressed. So we'll definitely he watch again. But, that, tonight. but then, I wanted to divert a little bit from that. I didn't want to, you know, watch it again immediately. So we had to put some space and get, get some distance. And so yeah. I thought, okay, it's now time to show him the gladiator and Braveheart. The Russell Crowe. The Russell Crowe gladiator and movie. And the Mel Gibson Are movie. you not entertained? Are you not entertained? I am. I am entertained. And so. Have you shown him Master and Commander out of curiosity? No. Oh my God. Master and Commander. I will, I'm adding it oh, to the list. Oh my God. Suggestion. It's such an. I think it, it's the ultimate dad movie, of course. Yeah. But it's also way better. It's also uh, one of at least two movies that Russell Crowe is in with Paul Bettany. They're in A Beautiful Mind, and uh, Paul Bettany is also in Master and Commander. I'm putting it in Please there. put that on your list. Okay, I'm, so I'm, you're taking a break to go watch some uh, Sword and Sandals, as they say. Yeah, and so I was really. I wasn't sure which of these two movies he was going to like better. And so. You know, I, there are a lot of problems with, with both movies today, but. <laughs> Anything with Mel Gibson's going to happen. Yeah, yes. But I came out of it going, I went into it thinking Gladiator, good kind of kill everyone kind of movie. And then Braveheart was like a more, I connected more with it in the past. This time I found myself flipped. I found like at the end of Gladiator. Braveheart gets, I mean, Braveheart, I feel like in some ways must be, one must think of it a little bit as a precursor to his other, like his sadistic Jesus movie. Yeah. Like the end of Braveheart's rough. Yeah. I mean, for a kid or otherwise. He liked like Braveheart way better. A, he liked Braveheart It's a, a little lot. bit of like almost like a, um, I don't want to say, you know, those, uh, the movies where people die, uh, snuff film. Oh, it's a tor it's torture porn, basically. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? kind of. Am is. I remembering? Yeah, no, yeah. I don't remember what happens in Gladiator. Can I do? Uh, has anyone no, not no, seen the no, movie? No, no, no. Tell, tell me what he thought. He liked Braveheart a lot better. I was actually surprised, um, but he liked better that a lot than better than Gladiator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And so you have a little palate cleanser. Mm -hmm. You watch some uh, Roman torture porn, mm -hmm. and then what's what's next? What's next for you? Well, we did the we did the talented Mr. Ripley um, a oh, little right. while back, and then I think 
I think next, well, let me tell you what's on my list and maybe okay, you please. can help me figure this I out. I would love that. I, I'm getting the sense that he's, you know, like on the one hand, Merlin, I wonder, is it, is it okay to show a, an early teenager war, war movies, real war movies, full metal jacket, apocalypse now, Saving Private mm. Ryan, Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July. Can I do that? Is that okay to do? Because I feel like the answer is yes, and I feel like he needs to see all of those. And and right. Full Metal yeah. Jacket. Did I forget to mention Full Metal Jacket? He needs to see all of these. Yeah, I mean, there's. I, I um, this has been forming over, I guess, just about thirteen years. But you know, I think that uh, I have one thing to say that has two meanings to it, which is like, are they ready for this? Mm-hmm. Are they ready for this as in, well, yeah, like, I would say not Apocalypse Now. Well, I mean, for example, like, I would say, there's some movies that really are just too gross or sad or yeah. too, like, challenging in terms of the content. Mm-hmm. And, you know, QED, you know, the, the, don't worry. Like, they'll get to see horrible things in life. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, it, are they ready that way? But the other one, and this is why I ask you about The Big Lebowski, are they ready for this? Da, 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 da. No, is that, like, will they appreciate this? Like, uh, we are still very deep in Wet Hot American Summer, um, which, as I say, I brought, I got, I think I got her in on that because of the Paul Rudd angle. But like, it's even like, I want to say, despite her not knowing the themes of like teen exploitation movies from the 80s, she still likes it. Right. But for most people, you're not going to enjoy it in a way that I would hope you would if you've never seen Meatballs, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or for that matter, Up the Academy, even the more obscure. Like you know, uh, teen movies. So I don't. I would. I would say hold off on Apocalypse now, personally. Okay. The scene when they kill the bull is rough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I and when you do watch it, I think the uh, the uh, the well, you know, what a lot of people say they like the theatrical still. That they, you could leave out the French colonial scene and you don't miss a bit. But, you know, one to toss out in, in terms of, like, just to me, raw quality. Mm-hmm. One that we lost in the lights because of 9-11 that I have returned to at least three times all the way through Band of Brothers. Band oh, of Brothers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is extremely good. And when you see that cast, I know you know who's in the cast, but when you go back and watch it now, it's going to blow your freaking mind who's mm. in that cast. Because it's Schwimmer coming, like, in the first couple anyway. Right. Schwimmer coming straight off Friends. But you've got, what's the guy's name? Ron Livingston, you know, from Office Space at all. Mm-hmm. Of course, you've got, uh, you got Homeland in it, the mm-hmm. English guy. What's his name? Jeremy Redhair, that guy. You know who I mean. <laughs> I know who you mean, but I don't. Yeah, he's in it. Simon yeah. Pegg. Um, oh, geez. What's his name? The dude who's now a director. Uh, when he was really young, he's in it. You've got uh, Professor X. Young Professor X is in it. I mean, oh my God. Uh uh, Dum Dum Duggan, you know, from the Captain America, mo- America movie, he's in it. It's so good. I would say uh, Inglorious Bastards and Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers is just like, it's such a goddamn shame that that, like Jay-Z's The Blueprint, came out pretty much at 9-11. And like, we, we've been watching Band of Brothers for, I guess, a week or two mm-hmm. on HBO when, you know, uh, never forget that one Tuesday. And it's like, we just we just couldn't watch it. It was just like, oh, I can't go watch a bunch of bombing stuff right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. But that's extraordinary. And I got to say, just pound for pound for entertainment value, he might be a little young in terms of attention. I I will stand by this. I think Inglorious Bastards is one of the great, satisfying Popcorn Plus films. I like that movie Just even too. that first, the first sequence of Band of Brothers like should be in a museum. <laughs> no, sorry, Band of Brothers. of um, Inglorious Bastards, Bastards, yeah. When uh, Christoph Waltz, you know, comes to question the mm-hmm. dairy farmer. Mm-hmm. That's such a great, great scene. I've watched YouTube videos about just how that is blocked and shot. It's like, it's it's a stunning piece of work. But then you also get, you get Fossbender, you know, mm-hmm. you get Mag- young Magneto mm-hmm. is in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently I identify actors by whether the, they're uh, the younger, the old version X-Men movie. of an X-Men. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are they the old or the young version? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... Well, uh, you know, like, like, like there's that uh, Dark Materials movie that has X-22 in it. Were you aware of that? Did you know the the the, the redo? Yes, the I'm watching redo? that. I'm watching that. It's and that's, X-20, that's, that's X-22. who she is. That's who she that's is. That's X-22. That's Laura. 
Yes. Okay, guy. I, I was watching it actually just the other night, and I'm sitting there like they should I, invent awards to give her for Wolverine or for Logan. They should. She should get awards. And she was just her that. eating the bowl of cereal, waiting mm -hmm. for them to come into the warehouse. Oh my god, that actress is amazing. Imagine what you, what kind of life you could lead if you knew you couldn't be hurt or killed. Imagine. Well, also imagine. And you know, I gotta say, Freedom. Logan's a little slow on the uptake. I know he's getting older. They screwed with his released car. But like, it took him kind of a long time and a lot of like persuasion. It's like, oh, she's like me, but she has knife feet. I wonder if there's any kind of a connection here. What was the wow. downside of that stuff that he, they were giving him to, um, and also listen, <clears throat> hang on, uh, pause Professor, a second. Professor X? I got, a I got a plot hole. All right, all right. Okay. Now, yeah. in the comics, Magneto at least once removed Wolverine's adamantium skeleton coating. Remember that? He removed it. Professor X did that? No, Magneto did that. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't know if I remember that. Okay, or roughly that, when was that? That ha oh, I would need to look that up. It was But no, no, seriously. No, but just like what era? Like uncanny 90s 90s. Okay. 90s, I believe. Um and, uh, so, so the retcon is, and this is covered in those horrific Barry Windsor Smith ones. The retcon is that what's his head dropped, uh, dropped Logan. The, originally, Logan just had originally, originally they were just gloves, right? Then it became you've got these like I don't know if they started as bones, but like I think in the comic even they were just they looked like knives. But the retcon was that he'd been they dipped him in adamantium, like burnt him down to the skeleton. It, horrific experience coated him at an adamantium which his body was constantly trying to heal over mm -hmm. for the rest of his life mm -hmm. and then they wipe his and he wiped his memory on purpose yes right? yeah i believe but then so. he's and that's where we get into the whole like who am i you know stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's a picture and you're telling me at some point when x-men were like everybody's favorite comic yeah magneto removed the adamantium yes here i'm sending hmm. you in the in the chat that's canon is that canon oh yeah um, so here's my question. <clears throat> if, um, if the skeleton is what's killing Wolverine, because if you go into the Logan continuity, um, yeah. he's dying from that. That's, that's what's poisoning him. And His finally, he's constantly trying to, I, I can't get that out of my mind, Dan. It burnt when out. I first learned that there's the bit in the first Wolf or the first X-Men movie when, Anna Paquin says, does it hurt? And he says, every time. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that always blows me away is he hurts as much as you or I would. It's just that he heals. Mm -hmm. But his whole body is constantly trying to reject his metal skeleton. Right. He's in constant pain. The only reason that they were successfully able to bond the adamantium skeleton to him in the first place is because of his regenerative healing factor. That's right. So Yeah, like, like, so like in the book, like he, he weighs, he's, he's really short. He's not puck-sized, but he's pretty small. He's like 5'2 mm -hmm. in the comics, something mm -hmm. like that. But he weighs 300 pounds with the adamantium, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. And so in if if that was the cause of it, then mm -hmm. and he knew that, why wouldn't he just go to Magneto and say, hey, dude, like, pull this out again. I know it's going to hurt, but I won't, you know, I'll, re I'll heal from that. I won't burn out my healing factor. Oh, interesting. And, like, huh. that always seemed like something he could have done, unless we're to assume that Magneto is no longer alive at the Logan time period. But wouldn't he have known that all along? Like, like he knew he was... I bet he would not survive a procedure like that in his condition. But if he, yeah, no, you're probably right. But what if he had done I don't, it I don't, I don't piece know. by piece, a little bit at a time? I wonder where, see, I can't keep up. I wonder where Magneto is at that point. I also just love the thing, like, and I, you know, I mean, I enjoy comics, but I'm not like an expert. But I do think it's kind of fun in the grand arc. There's, I feel like there's a reason a lot of people feel like, okay, Joker might be, like the good Joker, might be the greatest, you know, villain. But Magneto's got to be up there. Not least because... He's so, you know, even even in the great arc of Marvel nonsense, it's kind of exciting and exhilarating that there's a time when he was like, the, he ran the Academy for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, he's a good guy. He's a bad guy. He's a, he's a you know, it's like uh, Sybil Shepherd says in Taxi Driver. You know, it's like that Chris, Chris Christopherson <laughs> song. It's ultimately about... About Eric, Eric Lynch. Well, the other thing, know. just a little bit of tidbit, tidbit of Please, Wolverine tid, tid, in, information for you is that apparently Wolverine's true mutation 
is this feral <clears throat> feral state, this this primitive feral state, and that the experimentation and the bonding of the adamantium skeleton and everything else is what halted that process. And so when it was removed, he basically started to regress into this primal, ver you know, feral version oh, interesting. of Wolverine. And really? Yeah. Feral Wolverine. Google um, Barry Windsor Smith Weapon X. Okay. This is, uh, I think this is when, this was, was pretty controversial. It's controversial to me because, well, first of all, I love this guy's art, but yikes. But this is Weapon X, and I think this is where <laughs> the official retcon happened. I think you've shown me this before, yeah. But you ready for some, hey, who's ready for some body horror? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, we I did also, talk I about think, this. Though, yes. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, this is where you introduced me to the concept of body horror. <laughs> it looks like this might as well be Japanese mm -hmm. title. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I have this in trade somewhere and I never look at it. Um, you know, we, uh, I, I, you know, I asked myself, is my kid ready for this? Mm -hmm. we, you know, and I asked myself that about things that I would like to watch and I would, that I would like to watch with her. And sometimes there's really, you know, that works out. Um, you know, we started last night and Dan, this just sounds so crazy that I would say this. I forgot how good this is. You know, we started watching Daredevil. Oh, it's so good on the Netflix it's Daredevil. It's so good. I yes. guess I already, I already forgot how good that show is. It's amazing. And like, you you know, so, such good storytelling. And I think, I mean, like we were talking about, she's like, are there other good like Daredevil arcs? And I was like, I got to tell you, given how relatively not big a deal Daredevil is as a character, I, I think you could argue pound for pound in terms of how important a character in the Pantheon he is. He has as more good story arcs than any other and more good artists and writers than maybe any other Marvel character. Well, of course the Hulk's going to be good. You know, it's Jack Kirby. It's going to be good. Mm -hmm. But in his case, you've got the old ones are good, but then you've got, you got Frank, um, who, who's the dude, you know, uh, dark Knight. What's his name? Uh, who's the dark Knight guy? What's his name? Oh, come on. Miller? Don't let me hang in. Frank Miller. Yeah. yeah. The Frank Miller ones with, I want to say Klaus Janssen. Frank Miller. I mean, and that is the famous, the famous page with Electra. Yes. So like the Frank Miller one is fantastic. There's the one with, what's the red one? Yeah, that's Frank Miller and Jansen. You got the one with, um, you got the one that I think what we're seeing on that show is a lot of the, remember Bendis started his own mark inside the company that was like the grown up. Oh Marvel, yeah. Um, Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel. But it's not, it's not an alternate universe, but they're really like, and I think that's what we're getting with a lot of those. We're getting the Hell's Kitchen characters from, a, you know, that Bendis era. Mm -hmm. Oh, and what was the other one? Um, oh, God, the one with Sienkiewicz uh, did, uh, did some of these as well. Um, but we started watching Daredevil. And it's so great. Karen, who doesn't love Karen? You're introduced to, to Foggy. Foggy's given cigars to the cop to give to his mother. <laughs> so funny. Matt, how much do you love Matt? Matt, in the, how it starts in the confessional. Oh Guys, yeah, you could yeah, go. Yeah. You could go back and watch it. It's very good. And then you've got uh, you got Wilson Fisk, Kingpin, uh, with Vincent. That's what I said. I said I don't want to spoil this, but I want you to be thinking about. She's like, I was like, two words. Well, and a punctuation probably. Spider verse. Mm -hmm. I said, who's who's the big big bad? She's like, uh, what's that guy's name? The big guy, Kingpin. I was like, uh, yeah, be on the lookout. Private, and the first episode, all we do is hear his voice. Mm -hmm. But we also meet his uh, his henchman guy. Who, I, I don't know what, I, I gotta place that. The guy who brings the iPad to show to the prison guard to say, like, we're gonna, we're watching your daughter. That one guy who's always like, I wanna say, was he in, um, was he in, um, uh, was he in, um, uh, John Wick? I wanna find more about that guy. Hmm. He's very much that guy. Daredevil, you can go back and watch it. It's really good. It's, it's just really sitting good. there. You can just go watch it. And Charlie Cox is the best Daredevil. And I've heard that, oh, he's going to be in the MCU so playing good. Daredevil. Oh, that would really? be so... I've heard he's a rumor. He's so good. Like from, like I say, from the jump, when he's in the confessional and talking about his father, and they always say the Murdoch boys got the devil in him. And I was like, huh? Mm -hmm. And she goes, ah, titular line. And... um. And I, and, but then also just talking about how, like, what does he say? Oh, he has the best line talking about his dad, the boxer who lost had this losing record. And his strategy was to let, let the guys hit him till their hands broke. And what, there's a, such a great line, which was something like he would lose, but he would always lose on his feet. And I was like, oh, that's so good. That's up there with, you know, Miles Morales and like, you know, always getting back up. Mm -hmm. 
Daredevil, Hell's Kitchen. Now, she thought Hell's Kitchen, well, of course, she thinks it's a Gordon Ramsay show. And I said, well, I think that name came from the neighborhood. I don't think Gordon Ramsay invented that. There, there might be a New York neighborhood called Hotel Hell. I haven't checked. Gordon Ramsay. Mm-hmm. Gordon Not Ramsey. in the MCU. No. He's in the extended universe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, boy, Dan, we've helped a lot of people. Look at these shots. You know, they, they talk about how, like, um, uh, Ditko, but especially Jack Kirby, kind of, like, invented that whole modern, the Golden Age style of, like, making it look like somebody's, like, in motion, mm-hmm. right? Ditko was so great at this, and uh, Jack Kirby was arguably the king. Like, he was, he just... His, his characters would just be leaping off the page. And I'm looking, if you just go Google Frank Miller Daredevil, picks right up on this. You look at you look at comics from the 50s and it's just two people you know, standing in boxes talking a lot. Uh-huh. With <laughs> lots of you speech know? bubbles. Mm. You know, you know, man, he was a good guy. He was a really good guy, Jack Kirby, you mm-hmm. know, but he wouldn't take guff. Anti-Semites, they call him, they call him, be in the bullpen working, chomping on a cigar. And they call him and say mean anti-Semitic things. And you know, he'd say, he'd say, meet me downstairs in five minutes. I'll beat your ass. And they never showed up. Put out a cigar, go back, make a Hulk. <laughs> Hulk, right? He did a Hulk. I thought so. And he was our, he was our X-Men guy. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Who's your favorite uh, Spider-Man artist? Do you have one? I think you know the answer to that. Um, your favorite Todd McFarlane? Humberto Ramos. Oh, duh. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, uh-huh. that guy. Yeah. Ugh. His run is done on that, but uh, I just thought it was amazing. Amazing. Um, okay, well, I think we've helped people a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know what? I want to toss... Mm, boy, this is a bad place to drop this. Never mind. I'll bring... Well, you know what? I'm going to toss it out. Toss it. I always enjoy talking... Well, I, I, I enjoy talking about stuff like uh, what, what I've been talking about, especially last week, talking about infrastructure, talking about... Uh, planning, uh, planning in a way that makes something, uh, something you look forward to doing rather than something you dread doing. I talked about this a lot with Roderick and I feel like sometimes I, I, I get a note or two from people that they like hearing about that. I would like to keep talking more about this. If you have thoughts or questions about things where, and the thing I'm specifically looking to talk about here is, uh, how to, how to get a plan and an infrastructure in place but not too much of a plan and too much of an infrastructure. If you have thoughts on that or questions about that, or if that's something you'd like to hear about, I'll probably do it anyway. But if you want to know how I successfully cleaned out my garage in, uh, in one business day, mm-hmm. two and a half, including the weekend, mm-hmm. <laughs> not counting the mezzanine. That's a, that's a, that's a, that, that's, that's a Coen brothers bull. Mm-hmm. Did you like that? I like that movie. You like that movie? I do. Yeah. For kids, you know? Yeah, if you want to hear more about infrastructure or have <laughs> questions, what, what, what are we, B2W show, at B2W show? Is that what we are? On Twitter? Aren't we a Twitter? Yeah, let me see. Let me, I'm looking if at you it. you send it to me, I probably won't see it. It is B2W show, Twitter, yeah. Two is in the number. Two is in the number. W is in, in walrus. Show as in, um, uh, I don't have anything. Yeah, no. Anyway, infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's also a way of saying, hey, I want to talk about infrastructure, so, you know, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Headspace was not a sponsor, but you know, thanks anyway. What I heard was I, I wanted to talk about this podcast I listened to r- right before this, and I might come back to this. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's that show I like that I told you about. I told you about that episode with Tignatara talking about how to deal with a difficult name neighbor. It's called, called How To. It's a Slate podcast. This week's episode was um, like how to get rid of the chatter in your brain, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. I was listening to it like as you called me, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. One of the things they said in there was like talk about dealing with these sort of intrusive thoughts was, and it reminded me of advice I'd heard about meditation. Try to watch the traffic without getting into any of the cars, right? Mm -hmm. I also like what they said of like, imagine that your thoughts are just, how did they phrase it? Um, Imagine that your thoughts are just getting on and off of a bus. Like sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not, and it's nothing to stress about. I want to talk about brain chatter. I want to talk about infrastructure. I want to talk about Klaus Jansen. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I want to talk about your prepper uh, work. I want to talk about all these things, Dan. We're not, our work here is not done. Don't act like it's done. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm here for it. Don't even need a reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's button this up. Okay. Okay, I love you. I love you too, Merlin Man.